Good afternoon and welcome to In It Together, a podcast made by our community for our community. In It Together takes a closer look at the inner workings of community function and its well-being. My name is Emily. And I'm Cece. Today, we will be sharing our thoughts on the importance of inclusive playgrounds for the health and well-being of our communities. Ask any kid in your neighborhood where their favorite place to go is, and they'll probably tell you it's to the park. Parks and playgrounds that are inside of those parks are incredibly important for children's development both socially and physically. In other words, play results in empathy. Empathy is important for a healthy functioning community. Oftentimes, playgrounds are built with neurotypical and physically abled children in mind, not providing access for those who live with disability. The result? A lack of empathy and understanding between both parties. A community will be that much stronger if our youths learn to support one another at the playgrounds in their neighborhoods. Speaking on inclusivity of playgrounds, we felt there was no better of a guest to interview than Miss Schuyler, who attended our Camp Perigo this last summer in Blue Lake. Schuyler had a lot to share on her cochlear implants and how that impacts her life. So please listen to the following interview regarding Skylar's experiences in her play and summer camp times. Our first guest is Skylar, uh, who is a camper at our local Camp Perigo in Blue Lake. Um, and Skylar wears a cochlear implant, and so we wanted to learn some of her experiences about that. She wears two cochlear implants. Um, so our first question was, how old was Skylar when she first got her cochlear implants? One. You were one years old. Do you remember? No. It was on my birthday. Ah, and was that Mama's idea to look into it? That's awesome. And so, how do the cochlear implants work? So um, so this part. I don't really know. The processor. The processor connects to this. To a magnet. To magnet. Mm-hmm. And um and then 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 I would just like connect. And then I can like heal. And the magnets inside your head. And the magnet inside my head. And it, when that connects, it creates sound waves. Mm-hmm. And does each cochlear implant respond per the left or right ear? Oh. Yes, that's okay. And so, what are some of the everyday challenges or things that you have to work around or overcome um, with your cochlear implants? Well, every night in the morning. Go ahead. Um. So at so at nighttime we have to take them off. Mhm. And at morning we have to put them on. Okay. And do, do you struggle to listen? Some is it hard for you to hear sometimes? Not really. Is it hard for you to hear in noisy situations? Yeah. When when there's lots of people talking? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's hard for you to listen sometimes when people are far away? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when mm-hmm. the wind's blowing, how about then? Not really. Hmm. Just like a little. Yeah. Do people talk too quiet sometimes? Mm-hmm. And does that make it hard for you to hear? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Does she know how to read lips? Yes, wow. she does. What age did you learn and start doing that? Um, you know, it, know, she's just picked it up mm-hmm. throughout her mm-hmm. life. Um, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, there's no telling secrets. I bet. <laughs> Does she know any sign language? Was that ever something? Yeah. She know. Yeah, she knows some basic signs, but the doctors actually told us to drop the sign language yeah. because she was being a little stinker, and <laughs> we wanted her to be oral. Um, and she was communicating more with sign language mm-hmm. than mm-hmm. she was orally. And oh so they goodness. told us to completely drop the sign language because mm-hmm. she was using the sign more than she was speaking. And mm-hmm. so once we did that, she just took off and started speaking. Oh, good. oh goodness. Yeah. And so with her cochlears, is that the same pair she's al- she's always going to have or do they have new No, versions? as a matter of fact. Um, so, I need to get new ones too. Yeah. She's going to be getting uh, a new updated processor. Wow. Uh, which is the outside piece. And the new piece, um, the, the piece that's inside of her head that sends the electrodes to her brain mm-hmm. um, that bypass her cochlear, that's replaced about every 10 to 15 years or as needed. Okay. Yeah, so. And hers was put in five years ago. She's six now. Mm-hmm. Roughly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And soon I'm going to be seven. Ooh. January. You'll be seven in January. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, do you, what are some of your favorite activities that Skylar has gotten, just participated in up a year, uh, I guess, school? Or how does that work also with going to school, like having the microphone necklace? Is that something that you pass off to who she's working with during the day? They, at school, they have their own um, Roger system, like we mm-hmm. gave you. At school, they have their own Roger system. And so whatever teacher is working with her mm-hmm. um they wear that around their neck okay so it's the same kind of thing okay um, and, and, and then the- that bluetooth that roger system that we're talking about blue you know it bluetooths oh. right into skylar's cochlear implant so that she mm-hmm. hears directly what the person is talking about yeah and then that also will bluetooth right in like she's doing homeschool right now mm-hmm. because everybody's doing homeschool mm-hmm. but yeah. that bluetooths right into her computer also how cool yeah it's crazy so that's awesome um and i guess does a cochlear implant uh work immediately after it's put in no Mm -mm. no it didn't get turned on for six weeks after Mm -hmm. and then it's slowly turned on so it's not all turned on at once okay Um, they They turn on certain electrodes Mm -hmm. each time. It's a very long process, actually, of getting sounds and tones added um, to it. um, We would go down for, like, every two months in the beginning Mm -hmm. um, for them to add more sounds and more tones for her to get used to. Um, And it was, it's a lot of talking also mm-hmm. because her brain is not hardwired to hear and so we have to teach her brain what a sound is yeah that makes sense and so she doesn't know like that the, the sound of running water she had no idea that that made a sound mm-hmm. or that birds chirped or you know mm-hmm. not that anything made a sound mm-hmm. so it was a lot of explaining and talking and mm-hmm. we we still do there's still times where she'd be like i can't figure out what that noise is mm-hmm.
Like that, that's an interesting noise right there. Yeah. Do you know what that is? It was that bicycle right there. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, so does the pitch sound slightly different than to what uh, somebody else would hear? We don't... They, they say that if a person who had hearing at one time um, and they lost their hearing and then they got a, a cochlear implant, mm-hmm. they said at first it seems robotical, mm-hmm. but she doesn't know robotical. It's yeah. the only hearing she's ever heard. Exactly. So to her, it doesn't sound any different. Yeah. Um, and she's able to distinguish voices. Mm-hmm. She's able to distinguish different tones and sounds. And and there's no volume control. It's basically how far people are from her necklace, um, whoever's wearing well, it. Well, once she gets older and can figure out, there are volume controls. Mm-hmm. But we have them yeah. set right now at a very you know reasonable mm-hmm. so that's not screaming in her ears and yeah you know once she gets older and figures out all the buttons and <laughs> she can turn it up and down herself okay yeah, yeah. and was it um a defying moment so to speak for you or her um like recognizable when they were first turned on yeah she would push herself back really into me every time they would turn on a noise she would she was sitting on my lap like this, and she'd push herself into me real hard. And, oh, how cute. And just kind of look, and then they'd do it again, and she'd push herself <laughs> back into me again. And, mm-hmm. Mom, quit yeah, that. It was pretty fun. Mm-hmm. And how have you felt, Skylar? Have you felt like you know how to do your cochlears pretty well and take care of it? Because uh-huh. you seem super knowledgeable when I worked with you in camp. Mm-hmm. We've taught her to be pretty self-sufficient with them, you yeah. know. Yeah, except the hardest part, my mom kind of has to help me. I can't really reach the, the buttons mm-hmm. very well. Like hard. Yeah, her new ones are even going to be waterproof. Wow, that's yes. awesome. Yes, so next year at camp, she won't have to worry about going in the water cool. with her water box. How cool. And so do they make new, kind of similar to insulin pumps, new generations of cochleas mm-hmm, every... Mm-hmm. How yeah. cool. Um, does, is there different colors, may I ask, as yes, well? Yes. Cho- well, I chose this original color because it matched her hair. Mm-hmm. And but I chose the very same. I asked her if she wanted to change colors this year, and she said no. Mm-hmm. So... Well, thank you for having us. Is there anything else you want to say? I love the color of... For those who can't see, because this is on a podcast, they're a rose gold color, and they're very pretty. I was, I loved, I know I mentioned in camp about her cochlears, and I'd never seen them that color. Um, And I guess a question for mom before we go, how do you find the resources up in Humboldt County? Uh, We don't. There's no resources at all? No, um, not really. we, We go down to UCSF. Wow, okay. Um, but there are, there is CCS up here that will help guide you through the process. Mm-hmm. That's, um... And how often would you have to go to UCSF to do, uh, I guess, the doctor's appointments or the hearing appointments? The right now we go twice a year. Twice a year? Mm-hmm. And when she first got them at a younger age, were you going more often? Uh, yeah, we, we were, after she got them, we were going down weekly. Wow. 
um, right after she after her surgery after you know but mm-hmm. that only lasted about six mm, months well that lasted about six to eight weeks mm-hmm. that went we were going weekly and then they started adding tones and then we were going down every two weeks and then mm-hmm. it's based out to every two months and I mean, we've went over 40 times Wow! since she was born. And what is the range of her tones now, may I ask? You know, it's hard to explain unless I had a speech banana in front of me. Yeah. But she has very good hearing mm-hmm. um, for the most part. there's She can hear a whisper. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I remember Not from really. camp. Not yeah. really. I can, I have to, uh, it has, you have to whisper right here. Remember? Up close. Yeah. And is there microphones on the actual cochlears? Yes. There's oh, okay. there's several different microphones on the processor and the... Okay. Yeah. I never knew that about camp. I thought it was only that. No. No, no, no. And that yeah. had actually that round thing. Mm-hmm. That had seven different microphones on it. Wow. So if you had put it in the, ta- in the middle of the table, which mm-hmm. see, I didn't really get to explain this to you. Mm-hmm. I explained it to the boy and... I don't think it got... If you put that in the middle of the table, mm-hmm. let it sit there, and had every one of those microphones on, mm-hmm. it would have benefited Skylar because the person who was talking from here or here or here or here, it would have yeah. picked up that microphone. It's a, like a conversation puck in the middle? Yes. Okay, that's beneficial to know. We had mm-hmm. to know that there's seven microphones on that one little... Seven or eight, yeah. I didn't even know they were actually on the cochlears themselves yeah as well. and then this little thing right here mm-hmm. is a, a microphone and then mm-hmm. she's got microphones back here mm-hmm. and then there's another this is a microphone right here mm-hmm. and then there's another microphone right here oh wow <laughs> i mean yeah they're they're all over so mm-hmm. um, mama. um mommy but after this do you mind if we go to the park <laughs> Thank you for having us, and uh, we really appreciate you sharing. No problem. Anytime. We like to talk about our mm-hmm. cochlears, don't we? Mm-hmm. We'd much rather educate people than than not, huh? Mm-hmm. We feel pretty mm-hmm. special, don't you? Yeah. And I will be well. Thank you for having me. Despite working closely with Skylar this last summer in Camp Perigo, I learned a ton from the interview with her and her mom. Her mom opened my eyes to how cochlear implants work and how Skylar communicates on a daily basis with her implants. I also had a new learning experience of how to help Skylar in camp better next year with putting her microphone necklace in the middle of a table versus around an instructor's neck to truly create an immersive experience for Skylar when she wants to communicate with other individuals in a group setting. One of the things that was not mentioned in this interview that Skylar does have to do is when playing on playground equipment, uh, she has to be sprayed with static spray to keep static down from not affecting her cochlears. Hopefully in the future, playground equipment will be designed with static in mind so those with medical devices or various disabilities don't have to repeatedly apply static spray, um, which is similar to sunscreen for those who do not know. It was very awesome to also hear how Skylar navigates her everyday life and from the perception of her ears and eyes, uh, what goes on and how she experiences the world in relation to her cochlear implants. As you could hear, Skylar loves our local park in Perigo 
and um, she was very excited to go to the park after this interview, which fits in great with our recreation theme of this podcast and inclusivity. With all the things that Skylar has to think about with her cochlear implants, playing on a playground should be the least of her worries. She should have access to the same playgrounds that any other kid in the neighborhood has access to. And that is an issue our community needs to tackle together. And of course, we can't do it alone. We need to collaborate with a couple of other organizations. Before we talk about what we need to do as a community to collaborate with others, I wanted to talk about a few success stories. If you've ever been to Palo Alto and wandered around Mitchell Park, you've probably come across what they call as the Magical Bridge Playground. And it truly is a magical bridge. When you walk up to this playground, if you would even call it that, it isn't a traditional playground. It has swings and slides and rock walls and everything like that, but it also has ramps incorporated to every aspect of the playground. It is made with materials that are soft and bouncy that allow kids to stumble and fall safely. It has sensory gardens, even audio features when you walk over the bridge, and it has timeout zones for kids to go seek solitude when they need a break from interacting with each other. You're probably wondering about now, how did this happen? Well, it's a result of a collaborative partnership between the Redwood City Parks and Rec Department and the Magical Bridge Foundation. That's right, there's a whole foundation. Let me just read you the mission statement of the Magical Bridge Foundation. So, they want all of their playgrounds to be, and I quote, universally designed to be a socially inclusive playground for everyone. The Magical Bridge finally includes one in four of us living with physical and cognitive disabilities, autism, visual and hearing impairments, the medically flat fragile, and our aging population. The first of its kind, the Magical Bridge, clearly illustrates how today's typical park design overlooked so many. End quote. Speaking of inclusive parks, if you'd like to experience any local inclusive parks, there are a couple options that are similar to the Magical Bridge playgrounds. The Greenview Park, located in Arcata in the Arcata Bottoms, has a full inclusive playground for children of all abilities. Some of the things included are sensory boards, a sensory playground, and basketball hoops that can be lifted or raised to incorporate and include everybody. The park was funded by the Greenview Playground Project Committee in 2015 with the mission to give all children the opportunity to play together and form friendships. Within Eureka, there is also another inclusive park to look out for. The new Clara Mayberry Park was revitalized back in 2019 with a $30,000 grant to add inclusive playground equipment for kids of all ages and abilities. The park received several pieces of equipment that included rockers, climbers, spinners, safety fences, and also a whole area where children can learn about bees and how bees reproduce and have their colonies. The city says that the redesign of the playground brought back many kids to the area and promoted a new level of inclusivity with one of the largest parks in Eureka as well. 
It is a positive thing to see that even in our small community of Humboldt County, there are still inclusive places for children and people of all ages to experience fun and joy. Playgrounds should be designed to meet inclusivity as every community has these needs for spaces where everyone can participate and feel welcome. And also every community has members that are neurodivergent and have various abilities. It should never be assumed that a one-size-fits-all is the solution to inclusivity. And we hope that the future of inclusivity follows with inclusive design in parks, buildings, communal spaces, and with the goods and services that are provided to communities. Why would we need a separate ADA entrance if the main entrance was already inclusive and incorporated universal design? I know it sounds like we have a whole lot to do as a community, but we're going to leave it at that for tonight. Emily, my co-host, and myself would like to thank you for listening to In It Together, a podcast made by our community for our community.